The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Daddy and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant. It is Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. A couple minutes past the top of the hour. Eight minutes past the top of the hour. Live here from the Low T Center studio. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, 865-255-03 is our telephone number to the Irish Network's hotline. Hour one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Tennessee. Man, got, got the win. Got the win. Three in a row for the Volunteers. Are you taking the win or are you leaving the win, Ben? Oh, I'm always taking a win over the Gators. You're taking it or you're leaving it? I'm, I'm taking it. I'm, I'm never leaving a win. I'm I'm never leaving a win. I, I don't care that Florida is, is shorthanded and not the, the Florida Gators of the Billy Donovan era. I'm, I'm taking a win over the Gators all day, every day, no matter how it looks like. I'm taking it, man. And, and I mean, it's not a. It's not like you squeaked out a win over Georgia or South Carolina. I mean, Florida's a, a solid team. They they've got some guys that are mismatches for Tennessee, mm-hmm. particularly in the post, which I, I voiced my concern about that yesterday with Urosh and and how he would perform. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he essentially was not playable. And Rick Barnes said as much after the game that, hey, Mike White recognized it, came right out, and attacked it, and got two buckets off of it right off the bat. And I mean, Urosh barely played in the second half as as well. A, not a not a good matchup for him. B, John Fulkerson hot, had the hot hand. And C, I don't I don't think Urosh. Uh, Running his mouth to the bench helped his case to get back on the court in the eyes of Rick Barnes. I knew at some point, man, that was gonna, that was going to get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, Uros, you you got to be able to balance being fiery, bringing the intensity, but not let it get you in trouble, throw you off your game, and hurt your your team with a technical foul. It's no different than in football, the player getting a personal foul. There's a line. There's an edge you want to play with. There's a physicality uh, you know, physicality that you want to play with, aggressiveness that, aggressiveness that you want to play with. Yeah, you want to hit the quarterback. But you don't want to hit the quarterback late and, get, and pick up 15-yard penalties because that just hurts your, your team on, on the football field. Well, it's just like his technical foul. Everybody was complaining about a, a weak – push in the back and and maybe it was but i mean he he pushed the guy in the back in on on the free throw and that was right in front of the media section and on those two free throws the the technical foul came on the second free throw before the second free throw the ref told urosh to cut it out yep he he said hey stop that and and he wasn't speaking just to urosh he was talking to urosh and my guy Jason, Jason with an S, um, Jatobo. We'll, we'll go with Jason Jatobo, who I believe they were both teammates down at Hamilton Heights. I know they mm-hmm. both played there. I'm assuming they, that they, they crossed showed it, over. They showed it on TV. Yeah, I, I figured. But, I mean, Urosh was chirping. Urosh was, was maybe being a little too aggressive. And, and then they, they were kind of pushing and whatnot after the first free throw. The ref told them to cut it out, and then Urosh gives a, a shove in the back after the second free throw. You're going to get teed up. You're doing too much. You, you got to be able to adjust, man. In basketball, you get different refs. You get a different crew, and they're going to call the game differently. You have to adjust in the first four minutes of the game. Can you hand check? Can you can you body up in the post? Are they going to let you play physical? And Urosh should have been able to adjust. You got a warning. You got you can't play like you play against LSU. You watch the film if you are Florida. The referee crew 
knows you now. Last two games, you have mixed it up against Vanderbilt and LSU. That's fine, but you have to be able to adjust. And Uros was not able to adjust, and that's why he did not have the same impact that he had against LSU and Vanderbilt. So it was about shooting the ball from the outside. It was about um, when you did need a some post touches and you need a bucket, it was John Fulkerson. And we talked about this yesterday. That At some point, we were going to need John Fulkerson to step up. I did not know it would be this quick, but it was. John Fulkerson, not just getting the ball into the basket, but his energy when the ball went up from Florida, mm-hmm. when the ball went up from Tennessee, it don't it, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but the taps, tapping the ball, making sure the ball is active to allow our guys to get offensive rebounds. And the best time to shoot threes are off offensive rebounds. And John Fulkerson did a really good job of, of keeping the ball alive with his effort and energy. And that's the John Fulkerson that this team needs. Don't need yes. Joel Embiid. Where you throw the ball into the box and you, you want to do that 30 times, you know you're going to get 30 points from him. Or Nikolai Jokic or a Shaquille O'Neal. Like, that's not him. He is not the focal point in the post. That's not his game. Nope. But what he did last night was exactly what Tennessee Tennessee needed. Um, Viscovi was The was leading awesome. scorer. He was awesome. Yep. Kenny Chandler was, was 17. Um, Viscovi with 23 turnover, still an issue, but the game changed again once Zakai Ziggler came in. Yes, the temperature yes. changed again. He is, he's so fun to watch, and he he might end up being the biggest fan favorite of the Rick Barnes era. And I know that's a, a loud statement because John Fulkerson exists, and Grant. and Admiral. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think Folky's more of a fan favorite than those two guys. Just because of the local, why. because of the local ties. I know I know some of y'all like to to, to hate Folky because he's not dropping thirty and ten every night, but just aside from the production, I, I think John Fulkerson has been the biggest fan favorite over the course of the Rick Barnes era. Maybe I'm completely mm. off on that's that. A, but that's, that, a, that's, that's a poll question. That that's that is my uh, opinion. That's a poll question. I mean, I I do think Admiral was a fan favorite, Grant fan favorite. There, there's no doubt about that. I just think John Fulkerson, because of the local ties to East Tennessee, and and some of the moments that he has had that pulls at your heartstrings, I I think he is the biggest fan favorite, and I think Zakai Ziegler may surpass that. I mean, he, Zakai Ziegler has been a fan favorite since we were five to ten games into the season. I mean, it it, it didn't take long for Zakai to become a fan favorite whatsoever. And if he can, because he is a four-year player, Zakai Ziegler, if he can go on to have tremendous amount of team success and help lead Tennessee to an, an SEC championship, whether it be in the regular season or – or be um, in the SEC tournament, if he can help lead Tennessee to a an Elite Eight or Final Four, something like that, then I I think he could and will be the the all time fan favorite um, of the Rick Barnes era. And there have been some some big ones, some bigger than others, obviously. And I I mentioned the three big ones: Lamont or uh, Folky, Admiral Grant, but Lamonte Turner was a was a fan favorite. He he was my favorite player of the Grant Admiral era, and part of that is because he is from North Alabama, and I, I just loved his personality. and And he got a loud standing ovation in Thompson Bowling last night. I don't know if they they showed it on the TV, but they they honored him um, after Jordan Howe. Jordan Howe was was back and honored during a media timeout, and he got a loud ovation, and then. The next media timeout, Lamonte was was honored at, at midcourt and standing ovation. I got some worse Jordan Howe. <laughs> he didn't hit you up. Man, let me let me let me let me text Jordan Howe. What time is it, Nashville? Oh, it's six. Perfect. Hey, he he still may be here. But um, 
first off, last night's crowd was awesome. For a 6 p.m. game on a Wednesday, it, it was late arriving, and, and that was expected. I mean, it, it's it's really hard for people to get to the game on time on, on a Wednesday when it's at 6 o'clock because of work. It, it is really hard. But, I mean, by the 10-minute mark of the first half, that arena was full, absolutely full, and it was loud all night long. And it, it was really cool when Lamonte came out and in front of that packed out arena, a loud standing ovation. It, it was really cool, well-deserved. But uh, Lamonte ha- has been a fan favorite. Uh, Jordan Bowden was somewhat of a fan favorite as well. Not somewhat. Uh, I, I said somewhat because he wasn't to the level of Folky or Admiral or, or Grant, but he was a fan favorite uh, because he is so likable and had the local ties as well. And, and had some very exciting moments. But I, I my ultimate point is I, I think Zakai Ziegler may eventually surpass all of those guys as the ultimate fan favorite under Rick Barnes. And, and what he did last night absolutely sparked Tennessee. Comes in, knocks down a three, then he banks in a three, and, and his reaction was was funny after the game. I asked him what if he if he had any thoughts on the banked three or, or kind of what his reaction was when he banked it in. And he said that he he released it and, and it and it felt good. And he and then he started to see it curve. And he's like, "Oh no, it's curving!" And 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 then it banked in and it surprised him. It was funny. I, I encourage you to go find that video of uh, Zakai Ziegler talking about it. We've got it up at VolQuest.com. It, it was it was funny to to watch him talk about it. And then he goes and, and blocks Tyree Appleby on the other end. He he is just tremendous. And, and that block set up a Kennedy Chandler three four. An 11-0 run after Florida had just gone on an 18-2 run. Uh, so I, I love me some Sky Ziegler. That was a great defensive teaching moment, though, for every middle school, high school, AU coach on how to play defense versus jump shooter. You you jump second. You jump second, and you time up. The jump shot. That was that was a great job by Zakai Ziegler, just timing up the jump shot, jumping second, putting his hands on the ball. You don't want to try to block jump shots. You just want to try to uh, impede the vision. Put your hand in, the, in their face. You don't want to try to block jump shots. But man, that was a great defensive play by Zakai Ziegler. But he was. He was the guy, man, that turned the switch because Tennessee came out flat. Just like, remember the uh, Texas A&M game a couple years ago, Ben? It was like a 6 p.m. tip. Unfortunately. Yeah, and it was – We were all very mad after that game because Tennessee got punked. Yeah. So, yes, I do do remember that game because I was livid. Yeah, I mean, it came out flat. And I I feel like Tennessee came out – a little flat, but you got to give Florida credit, too. They came out busting. They busting shots, man. In Tennessee, um, just – I didn't watch the game live. I had to go back and, and watch it um, late last night. And um, it was actually it was actually better watching it that way. I was speeding through, going back, rewinding. But it came out a little bit flat. I thought the uh, tip-off time had something to do with it. But – no excuse if you're Tennessee. You, you like it's Florida. It's an opportunity. It's crunch time. We're about to approach February. It's it's time to play some of your best basketball. So you don't you don't have an excuse if you're Tennessee. But here's the growth of a team that find different ways to win. And just because you didn't play your best ball in the first ten minutes or your first twenty minutes, the objective is to win and find ways to win. Tennessee did that, and uh, Viscovi. Was was great. He was on fire, five for eight from three. Uh, he did pick up a technical technical foul, and um, probably would have had more points if he wasn't in foul trouble early because of that second technical. But man, he was he was unbelievable. He was on fire. Would uh, you have sat him on the bench in the first half, the way that Rick did? Brought yeah. him in the last two to three minutes of the half, but uh, with with the way that Tennessee's offense was struggling midway through the first half. Sure would have been nice to have his offense back out on the floor. Yeah, he got when you pick up two quick fouls in the first, you know, ten minutes of the game. 
most coaches sit that player to avoid that third. And that, and I ask that because whether or not to sit the player has become more of a conversation over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, because some some believe that you are coaching the player into foul trouble into foul trouble rather than him being in foul trouble. Like in the instance of if if Santi after he he picked up that second foul, if he doesn't play the remainder of the first half because Rick sits him because he's in foul trouble, and then he comes out and plays the entire second half and and doesn't pick up any fouls and, and finishes the game with with two fouls, was it really worth it to sit him during that time period in the first half? Because in hindsight, and obviously this conversation is about hindsight uh, all the time when, when this is the topic of conversation, but he, he, he never even got to his third, fourth, or, or fifth foul. So was it worth it to sit him as, as long as you did in, in the first half? That has become more of a conversation in, in recent years. Yeah, hindsight, I think it's easy to go back and, and say, we, well, you could have played him longer, but in that moment, you pick up two quick fouls. The second foul was an emotional foul. We got technical. It's best to sit that player, let him clear his head, and if you, you know, trust him, you can put him back in you know, earlier. But I think taking him out at that very moment was the right thing to do. Um, and then based on how the game was going, if you're desperate because he's your leading scorer, then, okay, let's get him back in there because we can't afford for this game to get away. But it wasn't like that. So you were able to kind of keep him, you know, on the bench a little bit longer. And then when he came in, he was smart, did not pick up another foul for the rest of the game. Um, but when he could have, when we saw how inconsistent the officiating was, uh, how poor some of those calls were, like, how do you miss the foul on Josiah Jordan James? I mean, oh my goodness, that was a foul. And then Zakai Ziegler's third foul, where I think it was Appleby, he's just falling down. Appleby is falling to the ground, and you you whistle Zakai for his third foul. I think it was his third. Maybe it was his fourth, but he had to take a seat on the bench because Tyree Appleby was just falling to the ground. It was it was um, it, it was. It, I th- it was I thought rough. I thought they handled the chippiness well between both teams, trying mm-hmm. trying to nip that in the bud. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it, it was just very inconsistent. All night long, both ways. Uh, Mike Mike White had a gripe with with some of the calls, especially the Josiah Jordan James one. My goodness, uh, I can't believe they did not call that a wow. foul. Wow! And then Tennessee also had some some pretty big gripes as well. And and then like the hook and hold, Santiago is falling to the ground and practically on the ground when you whistle him for the foul, and the Florida player has him hooked. The entire time. And I can see that from the opposite end of the court as it is happening. How can three referees that are staring right at the play not see that in live time? The good thing is technology allowed them to get the call right. After 10 minutes of looking at it. Yeah. After Rick Barnes had to call a timeout to get them to look at it. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, Dave Tona. Dave Tona, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's up, Dave Tona? Oh, man, uh, those refs were were ridiculous. And I don't normally complain about the referees too much. They, they, they were ridiculous with some of the calls they made, and they were ridiculous with some of the calls they didn't make. Uh, Uros, man, he, even though he's been playing more and he's been doing a little better, you know, if you, if you look back at the season, you know, even back when he was getting seven, 13 minutes, that dude is always complaining to the ref about something. Always. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be running down the court, slowing his big, lord butt down with, with his head around his shoulder, saying something to the ref. I think that, that, that uh, Barnes, man, needs to go over there and talk to Coach and get some of them big D linemen or them offensive linemen to uh, toughen him up, man. Bang around with him a little bit. Toughen him up. He is the biggest big man that a lot of times he's, he's soft. Now, he's a great teammate, and, and he, he got your back, but he gets pushed around. Uh, I just think that 
he needs to he needs to tighten his lips and 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 get stronger and tougher. And this one may get me in trouble. I hope it don't. Uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> Let it fly. We'll see. Because we'll I said everything I, I everything else I had to say. So if y'all hang up on me, I already said what I wanted to say. Just don't say any bad words. Just don't be cussing. Well, I don't. I I don't know if y'all gonna think it's a bad word or not. But uh, you know what the the Gators had in common with South Carolina last night. Oh God! <laughs> what, what's, what's that? They they a bunch of cocks. No. <laughs> oh. That's not that bad. But. That's not that's <laughs> I don't listen, I don't I don't get it. But it ain't that bad. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I guess they're a bunch of uh chickens, which the Florida's players are a bunch of punks. You're making fun of Zakai Ziegler's height after the game when Zakai Ziegler just beat you and he is five foot nine and had as many rebound rebounds as your team's leading Rebounder did Anthony Deruji, and he's six foot seven, and five foot nine. Zakai Ziegler had as many rebounds as him. That's a good. That's that's a good point. I think I think you can make the point even better. I think you can. I'll let you hammer it home. He should be in high school right now. <laughs> yes, I forgot that. I you forgot that. He's, I keep forgetting. He's supposed to be in high school right now, <laughs> and, and he. And he's one of Tennessee's best players. And and he is – I was thinking about this last night, Swain. You and I, the last couple of weeks, have had discussion about some comments about Sky Ziegler being the heart and soul of this team. I've come around to thinking that it speaks more about Sky Ziegler than it does Tennessee. Mm, it's both. It, it is a mixture of both. It's both. But if I had to pick one or the other, I think it, it leans towards speaking more – about Zakai Ziegler than than what it says about Tennessee. I mean, you got you got some veteran dudes on this team, and for for Zakai to come in, and one of the other veterans referred to him as a heart and solo team. Um, you know that was a little that was a little that was a little awkward. Uh, I think it was revealing, um, but at the same time, it's still good that you have a guy like Zakai Ziegler because he has given this team a, a shot in the arm. Every time he comes into the game, um, this is why a, a, a point guard with great defensive ability and um, it, their impact is just a lot more than a shot blocker because they deflect passes, uh, they get steals um, in, in places where they can start the fast break. They make it difficult for the opposing offense to make go where they want to go in certain sets push out the start of the offense a couple of feet, makes, making passes longer, making it easy for our defense to get deflections. I mean, the impact that a point guard with great ball pressure has is really underrated. And Zakai Ziegler does it very, very, very well, man. But, yeah, man, he's, he's supposed to be in high school. That's what makes – it worse from the Florida players. I mean, yes. I'm sure there was like one or two trying to throw some jokes or whatever. Ha ha, we can take the joke. He's been getting those jokes all of his life. But, bro, he had as many rebounds as your leading rebounder at his size, and he's supposed to be in high school right now. Yes, yes. And one other thing I picked up on in regards to, to Zakai Ziegler being the heart and soul of the team, Rick has, has, has had some pretty inconsistent answers kind of when that topic has been brought up. Because last night, he's talking about Josiah and Santi being the glue guys <laughs> to the team. It, 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 it's kind of been, it, to me, it seems like the, the answer changes week to week, which maybe not a great thing. Was well, is the glue guy same thing as energy? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think, I don't think maybe, it's Maybe, but just the, kind of that leadership and voice conversation, it's, it's, it's provided a lot of different answers from, from both Rick and and the players this season. It, it seems like it It depends on the week. <laughs> I mean, I saw where uh, Kennedy had a turnover, and, and uh, Viscovi popped Kennedy in the chest. Come on. Come yep. on, man. You can do it. And like, there was one speaking to Daytona's call about Urosh complaining to the refs. Urosh messed up and, and was complaining to the refs, and Josiah, like, 
was like, no, snap out of it. Like Josiah got in his face and was like, no, you're doing too much. Quit. Yeah. And and, and then you hear things like Rob Lewis drop on the, the VolQuest podcast that at Kentucky, Jemai Meshack was the guy in the locker room speaking up. It's just there, there's been several different answers, and and I don't I don't really know. I mean, it's been Urosh one week, it's been Jemai at, at the team's lowest point of the year. It, it's been Santi, it's been Josiah, it, it Zakai Ziegler. It's just whew. that's okay, that's okay. I mean, it's like a good and a bad thing. Yeah, it's not it's not like one person has the the the, the mic has the floor. I mean, I I, I like it that. Guys are feeling compelled to speak up when they feel like they need to. So, I like it, man. 865-255-03. Our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Stay with us. On the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to atfcu.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
on the Swain Event app. Poll question time. Who has been the biggest fan favorite in the Rick Barnes era? Is it Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, John Fulkerson, or Lamonte Turner? Who has been the biggest fan favorite in the Rick Barnes era? That is the poll question on the Swain Event app. Lou Evans. Lou. Good old Lou. Kevin Punter. I will add, I, I was, while you were talking after I made that comment, earlier uh, I was thinking that I do think that John Fulkerson's fan favoritism has uh gone down maybe a little bit this year because I, I do think people are or have been frustrated of late with with Folky's play so I still believe what I said but I do think that his uh, fan favoritism has taken a hit over the last couple of months because of his play not being what people expect from him. Fan, fans like good players. They like the best players. Fans also like the emotional stories that pull on your heartstrings. They right? like that too. But That's why I think he is they like, the ultimate fan favorite. They like producers more than anything else. At he the, had his moments. At the end of the day, they like guys who produce the most. And that's why I think Grant Williams and Hammer Schofield is going to be um, you know, at the top of the polls. Yeah, maybe you, so. And you, look at, you look at football and people say, hey, who are your favorite Balls of all time. Everyone always picks guys. Uh, most most people pick the best players. Um, of you know being being their favorite, um, being a fan, being a fan favorite. It usually works out that way. Even before like you know about that person's personality and who they are as a person, like it, it's typically about their on field on court play more than anything else. Um, Kennedy Chandler dropped 17. He, he was, he was looking good offensively there in the first half. I, I hate that he picked up his third, uh, a little later after he had that, that stretch over the first 10 minutes or so to start the game. Um, cause he, he looked good, was getting to the, to the rim was, was knocking down some jumpers. And then he had to go sit on the bench with foul trouble. And and Tennessee also needed offense at that point, kind of like how we talked about with Vescovy earlier. His his best stat line to me, to me, is not the the seventeen total points. He was he did have a seven plus minus, which is good. Which is good. I mean, you had other guys that had higher, but still good. It is not the assist to turnover ratio because you know that that's you want two two assists to one turnover. It's the six of six from the free throw line. That's what it is, Ben. It's the six from six from the free throw line. Why? Because Rick Barnes, when talking about Kennedy's free throw struggles, it's about concentration. It's about following through, not falling out of your your stance with the free throw line. It's really locking in. And Rick mentioned how it's not an easy thing to shoot free throws because you're shooting you're shooting shots off the run, you're shooting in the course of a game, um, and then all of a sudden play is stopped and you you shoot this free throw and it's all quiet. It's a different shot, but it requires concentration. And Kennedy has a nice stroke. There's no reason why he should be shooting 50% from the free throw line like he has been in the last couple games. So this stat lets me know that he made the adjustment, that he took coaching, that he looked at the film, and that he corrected his mistake. And it was so simple, too, and Rick talked about it on Monday when asked about it. And it was simply concentration because if you go watch, it's the same thing that gets Santi in trouble, leaning off balance, drifting one way or the other. That That's what gets Santi in trouble. And that's what's been getting Kennedy in trouble. And Rick pointed it out on Monday that when, when he misses free throws, it's because he's leaning back. He's yeah. like falling backwards. And like Rick said, that is 
1,000% concentration. That's all it is. Yep. Concentration. Yep, he locked in. Six, four, six. So now you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You've shown that you can do it. You're expected to do it every time, every game now. It was a really good night from the free throw line. That that was probably the most encouraging thing about last night was Tennessee at the free throw line. 17 of 18. Santi was 6 of 6. Josiah was 2 of 2. And his two free throws were with, with under 10 minutes to go at, at a pivotal part of the game. Uh, Folky was 3 of 3. The only person who missed was Victor Bailey Jr. When, when he missed the front end of a 1 and 1. I don't, I don't think people realize like how cool and rewarding that that is when it can be a technical adjustment it can be like a mental adjustment i think in both these cases i mean in this case you can say both you know, maybe mental maybe technical uh because you know you're, you're kind of falling back um that's concentration and 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 you know technical but like when you when, when you make the adjustment and then you see the results from the adjustment that's a really cool rewarding gratifying feeling um as a as a wide receiver you you make the adjustment on, all right, man, let me get my hips down. Let me get my shoulders over my toes. Let me let me step this way. Let me let me make sure my thumbs are down when the ball is at a certain level or my thumbs are up when it's at a certain level. Or, you know, let me just lock in and make sure that I look through the the tuck after catching the ball. It's the difference between catching the ball, you know, 100 out of 100 times and or, or catching it 97 out of 100 times. And, like, when you see that, that little tweak, that little adjustment that you may pay off, that's gratifying. It really is. It is. And it's also gratifying because free throws are not as easy as they seem. They are freebies. They are shots that you should knock down, but they're not as easy as people think. It's easy to shoot free throws in a practice gym when you're all by yourself. I was busting them yesterday, Ben. I bet you were, because you, you have a pretty stroke. Five for five, man. Five for five. And and maybe if you were thrown into the game last night, you, you there's a good chance you probably would have gone. Three for five. Five for five as well, because <laughs> you've got a nice stroke. But it also would have been surprising to see you go three for five or four for five. It's, yeah. it's just, it's completely different, different. When, when you're shooting free throws in a game. They're, they're not as easy as they appear to be and. And I think people just think that they're the easiest thing on the planet. And they're not. They, they are. They're pressure moments. The game, I mean, think of all the energy that's being exerted and uh, how how fast-paced the, the game is and going up and down the floor. And then the, the game just comes to a screeching halt. And, and you've got to sit there and kind of relax, take a deep breath, and and clear out all the other thoughts and, and just knock down a pair of free throws with – an arena of 18,000 people staring at you. And if you're on the road, yelling at you and yelling obscene things at you. They're, they're not easy to do. You know my favorite Kennedy Chandler play last night? Do you, do you have one that sticks sticks out to you at the top of your head? I always like the one-hand finish at the rim. Those are always my, my favorite. You know where he got that from? Oh, uh, yeah. Ja. Mm-hmm. That, that is the uh, – Ja the Great. Mm-hmm. Ja the Goat. Ja the Great. Ja likes the uh, – the, the one hand, what do you call it? Like just like a one handed scoop layup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, by the way, speaking of layups, that, that hey, hey. Santi reverse was filthy. Stop the goat stuff. You being goat. disrespectful. He is the goat. Stop, stop. You're being disrespectful to people who actually are the goat. You're being disrespectful to Ja, so you stop it. Um, no, my favorite, but, but if you notice, like Kennedy does that same scoop layup that, mm-hmm. that Ja does. I, I wonder if he did get that from Ja because those two work out together and Kennedy looks up to him. But my favorite Kennedy play last night, he had a horrific turnover. Oh, yeah. Right after he passed half court. Mm-hmm. And he 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 didn't hang his head. He he hustled back on defense on, in transition. Florida appeared to have an easy breakaway layup. And Kennedy hustled back and deflected it out of bounds. I don't remember if Florida ended up scoring on that possession. Do you remember off the top of your head? No, but I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, it was a it was a bad pass. It was lazy. Yes. I mean, he threw it right to the defender's hands. Um, but then he did sprint back, got in position um, to get his hands on the ball. And so he stopped a live ball turnover um, from, you know, being points for Florida. 
gave his defense a chance to get a stop by uh, knocking it out of bounds, and now he had all of his four teammates with him uh, on that inbounds and in, in a defensive possession. Not sure if they scored or not, but I can't remember. I mean, that's you can you made a mistake, but don't make a double mistake by letting him go get a free layup. Make him earn it um, with a nice hustle play, and that's what Kenny Chandler did. So, and he hasn't always done that this year, which is why I really like that. Mm-hmm. That that was why that was my favorite play because hey, it was a great play to get back and deflect it out of bounds. But he hasn't always done that this year. He's he's kind of it's not been a lack of effort. It's just been he's he's hung his head on himself. Yeah, yeah. And you got to understand something, man. Ken Chandler got a lot of pressure on him. I mean, Olympic team. You know, people talking about him being the you know the the next great player from Memphis. He's the number one player coming in. Number one point guard coming in. Projected lottery pick. There's a lot of pressure on this young man. And I think we kind of lose lose sight of that. Uh, He plays point guard for Rick Barnes. A lot of pressure. Like, I saw some conversations on Twitter yesterday. Oh, he's not ready. He's not ready for the NBA. And he should come back another year. I'm like, "Um, you know he can develop while you're getting paid, right? Yes. That is is what people forget. Always bank on somebody with a good head on their shoulders, somebody that has the skill set, and somebody that is willing to put in the work. Always bank on that person. And that that's what Kennedy Chandler is. He has a great head on his shoulders. He's willing to put in the work, and he has a skill set that not very many people have. Yeah, like, I saw Ron Slay was trying to educate folks, but, like, there's a lot of football fans that when you're talking about players where they should go or leave, they think it applies the same in basketball, and it doesn't. Like, you have a guy that has a unique skill set, and playing the point guard position requires taking care of the basketball, requires a certain you know, level of intelligence and, and you know, control and discipline. And he came here to learn that as much as possible from Rick. But he got to go to class. He don't have to go to class as a pro. You can learn that all day long while you're getting paid. You can Millions. develop. You can be developed as a pro. So if you want to say, yeah, he should come back, because uh, you want to see him, just say that. But don't try to make it seem like he needs to come back to help his NBA game. Who needs to come back is Brandon Huntley Hatfield. That that where, where would he go besides you know transferring to another school? Well, I mean, he is a former five star, projected no. lottery pick. He needs to come back. Exactly that. But my point, like that, is the example of of a very talented young freshman who needs to come back. Yeah. Kennedy has had a good year. Yeah. And he's a true freshman. He's 18 years old. And and like you just said, the, the NBA draft is different than the NFL draft. The NBA drafts off of potential and projections and what they will be down the road. They, they are in investing more so than, than they are with NFL picks. And Kennedy – is exactly what the NBA wants. And, and he will develop at the next level. I mean, I'm I'm looking at I mean, I'm looking at the draft projections on ESPN, mock draft, and um, you know, Tata Washington, top ten going to the Washington Wizards, guard. You know, I look at um I mean they got you know, J.D. Davison, guard from Alabama, here here in the first round. And, and I can assure you that Kennedy's season has been better than J.D.'s. Yeah, uh, they got they got you know Kennedy, twenty fifth to the to the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh yeah, go throw lobs to Giannis Kennedy. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Uh, and yep. This was updated yes yesterday. So could he come back? Yeah, I mean, good if he wanted to and be paid. You know, you got some nice NIL deals in place right now. You would, it'd be even better next year if you want to do that. But uh, let's not make it seem like he needs to come back to no. to develop as a point guard because he'll develop probably more as a point guard professionally because it's all ball all the time. Yes, and like, I, it wouldn't be a bad thing for him to come back. Let's let's not get get it twisted. No, no. Like it, it would be a really good thing for him to come back. But I mean, he, it, it's not like there's a drastic difference. Yeah. And, no. and 
Go ahead. Don't make it seem like he needs to come back. Yes. To develop because he no. doesn't need to come back to no. develop. He just needs to go work and develop, and you can do that by playing ball. That's how you get better. Mm-hmm. Is is playing the game, and you can do that versus professionals and get a lot better than doing it versus college players. So, like, if you want him back, just say you want him back because you want him back. Don't say you don't. You want he needs to come back because it's best for his development. No, it's best for his development to not go to class and play ball all day versus yes. grown men, which you do in the professional ranks. And you're getting paid. You're you're closer to your second contract. But we'll, we'll see. If, if Keon and, and Jaden left, I would imagine Kennedy leaves, and I, I would not blame him whatsoever. By the way, those Tyree Appleby threes to start the game don't make sense. were stupid. They don't make sense. Where, I, I did not. It was on the opposite side of me, so I don't know what letter of the logo he shot the first one from. Do, do you recall? It's like the E. It was the E. I mean, it, I think it was just it was the E and the N. He shot it from Gatlinburg. He shot it from Gatlinburg, and then the the second one wasn't as deep, but he banked it in. Yeah, and and I I agreed with Rick. His I shot's so ugly too. I don't get how it, it goes in. Yeah, I mean, he's Pat Bev, like you said yesterday, he's, he's <laughs> college yeah. basketball's Pat Bev. Dude, what we said about Tyree Appleby was spot on. Mm-hmm. What what we saw from Tyree Appleby. He was exactly Pat Bell. The way he reacted after the game, how he played, like, he's a good player. Like, I would, I would love to have him on my team, honestly. He reminds me a lot of, you know, he's a taller, you know, uh, Zakaz Ziegler. Like, he he brings the energy. You never have to wonder what you're going to get from him. Nope. I love that about about a player. I know what I'm going to get. I I love watching Applebee compete. But, dude, we were spot on in that, man. Mm-hmm. I did not know he was going to really ball his fist up, though, after, after the game. He was ready to throw. He went Penny Hardaway. He was – that is balling your fist up right there. Why was he so mad? I don't I don't know why he was mad. I just I just know that Florida making fun of Zakai Ziegler's height is what sparked it. Somebody did did the this sign uh, to Zakai. If you're watching on video, you see me doing the – your your little sign where you hold your hand up. Uh that's what they did to Zakai. That's and a weird flex after losing, though. Especially after Zakai is one of the big reasons Tennessee beat you. It's not like Zakai was had zero points on 0-7 shooting and, and four turnovers and, and four fouls, and, and Tennessee lost the game. He was a big reason why Tennessee won the game. And you're making fun of his height? I don't. I don't just, and he I, had as many rebounds as your team's leading rebounder. I don't and, talking trash when you lose, though. I, that that too, that that Just, that too. Yeah. That that is that is weird, but uh, good win for the balls for sure. All right, let's go to the phones. Got Middle Tennessee Rick. Rick, good morning. Good morning, guys. What is up, Rick? Yeah, I had some doubts there in the first half if we were going to pull that one out or not. Yeah, I mean, I checked the score. Um, I was away from the TV live, so I checked the score. I was like, Yo, what is going on? Um, but second half, we took care took care of business. Locked down on defense, made shots, found a way to win. Sometimes yeah. the games are like that. Well, my favorite play of that game, and I know you guys saw it, was Vescovy's reverse layup. Oh, he's pretty. It was slick. Man, that was sweet. It was pretty. That, I thought I thought that was one of his best plays I've seen him do this year. Mm-hmm. Well. I'm getting ready to go to work, guys. I gotta get off here. Just thought I'd give you guys a shout. Thank you, Rick. Man, have a good day. And every time Santi shoots the ball, I think it's going in. Which I've, I've kind of always felt that way about Santi, but he is playing the best basketball of his career right now, and it's not even close. I mean, he he is playing at an all SEC level right now. Yep, and and he has been absolutely. Huge for Tennessee. That that reverse layup was sweet. Gave Tennessee the lead for the first time, and, and Tennessee was kind of struggling to get over the hump at that point. They had cut it to a one-point game on four different occasions. The first time, after cutting it to one, I think it was Tyree Appleby. He came down and hit a three, pushed it back to four. Second time, Tennessee made it a one-point game. Florida got an offensive rebound and put it back in. The third time, I think Josiah blocked a shot, and the ball kind of deflected to a Florida player, and he was wide open for a a putback. And then the fourth time, 
essentially cut it to one. Um, Santi got the, the slick reverse layup to give Tennessee the lead and didn't look back after that. Also, how about Justin Powell starting to starting to really play well? Play some defense, ain't he? Mm-hmm. Rick said after the game that his defense is getting better and better, and 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 Justin personally has has made an emphasis in doing so because he just doesn't want to be embarrassed on that end of the floor. And and Rick Rick has continued to make a, a really great point that we forget about throughout the season, and that is that he was a true freshman last year at Auburn. And, I mean, he looked awesome in those 10 games at Auburn mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But he had only played in, like, 10 college basketball games when, mm-hmm. when he got here and, and did not play in any conference games last season. So, I mean, it, this is kind of his redshirt freshman season. And I, I think people have forgotten about that, and, and people just expected him to show up and score like Santi. A, it's a different system. B, I mean, this is just his second year of college basketball. But he, it seems like he is really starting uh, to come into his own. And, and if Tennessee is going to reach its potential, it's Justin Powell is going to have to be a big reason why. It would be awesome to see him take a, an offensive step this second half of the season. And maybe this is asking too much, but similar to the way Josh Richardson did during that Sweet 16 run under Conzo. Oh, man, it was so fun to watch. They, they need that type of offensive step from from Justin Powell. And I think he's capable of it. Man, that was so fun to watch. So fun to watch. 865-255-03. Check out this poll. There's a text box. What will they talking about today? Any guy can get first round NBA money is ready to go so much can go wrong. Okay. Admiral Schofield is at 43%, and Grant Williams is at 47% of our poll. Who has the biggest, who has been the biggest fan favorite in the Rick Barnes era? You have John Fulkerson at 3%, Lamonte Turner at 7%. Adam says the guy should be in high school and had six rebounds, which tied Florida's leading rebounder for sure. Charge of all says Ziggy. Gonna is that be famous, like, or make someone else famous? Charge of all, what are you trying to say there? ATL VFL says the guy was getting under Applebee's skin all night. Facts, facts, hour two coming up.